Five draft busts you want to avoid drafting in this year's 2023-2024 fantasy basketball season. The first guy that I would avoid drafting is RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett just never seems to live up to the hype. Every year we think he's going to reach his upside, but he just never does. For a guy that gets nearly 33 minutes a game and starts about 70 games a year, I would think by now he would have taken a big leap in his game. He only averages around 2.8 assists per game, 5 rebounds, 0.7 steals, and 0.3 blocks. These are really dismal numbers for a guy that gets this much playing time. And even his percentages are nothing that jumps off the page. He shoots at about 42% from the field, 34% from deep, and only 70% from the free throw line. And I don't see that changing this year at all. The Knicks have pretty much the same roster and Tom Thibodeau should continue to be really focused on defense so his offensive output should remain pretty dismal. He's also never really been great at protecting the ball, boasting a dismal 2.8 to 2.1 assist to turnover ratio. And I would expect that number to stay right around there again this year. The Knicks also signed Dante DiVincenzo, and they still have Josh Hart, who looked really good when he got minutes last year. So I think Barrett's going to actually have some competition for minutes this year. I think you could do a lot better. He's almost a lock to finish outside of the top 115, 120. And for someone that pretty much just gets you inefficient points, he's really not worth taking a chance on, especially in category leagues. The next person I would recommend avoiding is Zach Collins. Zach Collins was a pleasant surprise last year. When he got minutes, he definitely produced and at a very efficient level. He actually had a career high in a lot of categories, but I just don't see that being sustainable this year. With the Spurs drafting Victor Wembanyama and getting Devin Vassell back and also having Jeremy Sohan, I have to think that Collins is going to have a tough time replicating the stats he had last year. Last year he had about 11.6 points per game and shot at 52% from the field and 37% from deep, which was great. He also had about 7 rebounds per game and almost 3 assists per game. He also had about a half a steal per game, so he was very, very productive when he got minutes. But the issue for him, besides the fact that the Spurs have so many players coming back from injury and who are younger and are probably more talented at this stage of their career, is the fact that Collins has just never really been able to remain healthy. He's always struggled with injuries. And even this offseason, he's coming off a surgery to a finger in his left hand that was infected, so he should be there for the start of the season, but he may miss some time. I have to think it's only a matter of time before the Spurs fully commit to a youth movement and veteran players like Collins end up getting a lot of rest nights. I think he's being drafted way too high, and I would honestly avoid him altogether if he can. The next person I would think twice about drafting is Boyan Bogdanovic. Bogdanovic had a career high in points last year with around 21.6 and also assists with about 2.5 per game, but I think he's going to come back down to earth this year. Last year he benefited from a lot of things. For one, the Pistons were like the most injured team in the league. Cade Cunningham was lost for the year, they lost Isaiah Stewart for a good chunk of time, Marvin Bagley was hurt, Jay Nivey was hurt, they traded Sadiq Bey. So there were minutes to go around for everybody on this team who was healthy. We even saw Killian Hayes get into the lineup for a good chunk of time. I have to think this year, they're definitely going to get a lot of those players back, and they probably won't be hit with the injury bug to the same capacity they were last year, at least hopefully. And I think Bogdanovich is going to regress back to the mean. For his career, he's averaged about 15.5 points per game, about 1.7 assists per game. He basically has no blocks. And he's not going to do much for your team besides points and good percentages. Last year, he did shoot at 49% from the field and 41% from three. But like I mentioned, a lot of that was inflated due to the opportunity he got. I think you could do better elsewhere. And if you really do want to draft him, I probably wouldn't even think about it until we're well outside of the top 100. Next up on my list is Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is kind of like RJ Barrett in that I always expect him to take a leap in his game, but he just never seems to. 
He's definitely better than Barrett, but at this stage of his career, I would expect him to produce in more categories. Last year, he did enjoy a career high in field goal percentage, right around 56%, but he also had a career low in free throw percentage, shooting at about 60% from the line. And this is despite having the most attempts from the line in his career, which was around 4.6. And I think this year, he's not going to change very much. With a healthy Jokic, Murray, and Porter, he's never really going to have an opportunity to take that next step. And I think last year, his boost in field goal percentage was largely due to getting good looks from Jokic. So he'll probably still produce decently in terms of points, but he's not going to get you much else. For his career, he's only averaged around 6.3 rebounds per game, 2.5 assists per game, 0.7 steals per game, and 0.6 blocks. None of those numbers really jump off at the page, especially for a guy that routinely finishes outside of the top 120. In my mind, I really don't think he's worth the draft capital that most people spend on him. And also, let's keep in mind, the Nuggets are going to give Christian Braun a deeper look. And even though Bruce Brown and Jeff Green are no longer on the team, Brown will probably absorb most of those minutes. So even though Gordon will probably still play close to 30 minutes a night, I just don't see him taking a quantum leap in his game. The last person on my list is Markel Fultz. While I am happy for Fultz because he was able to finally get over a lot of the mental hurdles he had early in his career and have a career year last year, I need to see him do it consistently before I consider drafting him in leagues. Last year, he had a career high in pretty much every single statistical category. Points, assists, rebounds, steals, minutes played, the whole nine. And while that's great, I do not think he's worth drafting as like a top tier point guard for your team. He's on an Orlando team that has a logjam at guard between Gary Harris, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and Anthony Black. So I think his minutes are going to get squeezed a little bit this year. He'll probably still get close to 30 and should have a high usage rate, but his shooting form is still suspect. So even though he may get you some points and some decent assists, I think he's still a really risky pick. He won't help you much in terms of three-pointers, and he does have a tendency to turn the ball over at times, so he's probably a much better pick in points leagues than he is in category leagues. I see him finishing well outside of the top 110, and honestly, until he can put together a couple of seasons of consistent play, I think you should just avoid drafting him altogether. Those are five players I would avoid drafting in this year's 2023-2024 fantasy basketball season. Thank you so much for watching. Please subscribe, and let me know your thoughts on the season in the comments below. Oh,